0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: There was a period in time in history where it was laughable that the stars of the sky were innumerable, but the Bible says that they were. The Bible says that you can't number the stars of the sky, that they are as many in number as the sands of the sea. But at an earlier point in history, they had actually made a telescope that could see so far. And they had not only numbered, but named the stars that they could see. And so they said, the Bible says they're innumerable, but we've not only numbered them and named them. Ha ha. And then we get better telescopes. And guess what? They're innumerable, just like the Bible said.
0: Our understanding of earth and space changes as science advances. For example, mankind once thought that the earth was flat, but as Pastor Bill shares in today's message, the Bible never changes and is always correct. The Bible told us the earth was round before science understood it to be. After telescope advancement, we learned the stars were so numerous they couldn't be counted. Just as the Bible states, as you navigate the knowledge of the world, Hold true to the certainties found in the Bible because they will never be disproved. Now, is Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 for today's edition of A Transforming Word.
1: Verse 17 of chapter 1, it says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, least the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. And I wanted to start there because it really leads us into what Paul's going to say today. Paul says, look, they were... You know, saying I was baptized by Paul. Paul said, man, I'm glad I didn't baptize none of y'all except Crispus and Gaius because it was becoming a point of division for them in their carnality. And so um, but we talked about that last week, how that Paul would not have said that if baptism was necessary for salvation. But Paul said, God sent me to preach the gospel. Paul said, the goal in my life is to share the gospel, to bring life to those that are spiritually dead. And he says, this. I didn't come with words of wisdom. Least the cross of Christ to be made of none effect. Paul wasn't educated, man. Paul had been a Pharisee and a Hebrew of the Hebrews. But Paul said, look, I'm not leading out with human strengths, right? I'm not coming to you with words of human wisdom that you might think that I'm a great order. Paul says, I'm coming with the gospel of Jesus Christ that least the cross of Christ to be made of none effect. And so something we're going to see as we continue in the chapter is there are a lot of people that feel like, God can't use them. that They're not qualified. They're not fit for use uh, because maybe they don't know enough. Maybe in the world's eyes, maybe you're not great. Maybe you're not that smart. Maybe you haven't been super successful in, in the world's mind, in the world's eyes. And we're going to see that God, when God's looking for men and women, that he wants to put his spirit upon, he wants to use for his glory, that God, God's selection process is not like the world's. The world's selection process is very carnal. Um, you got to look a certain way. You got to have certain things. It's got to look. You know, they, they, they're very concerned with the outward appearances, uh, but that's not really how God gets down. That's not what God's looking for. God is not as concerned with outward things as he is with what's happening on the inside. Do you guys know that? Do you know that God's looking at hearts and you get a heart turned toward God? All the outside things become irrelevant to the Lord. So we're going to talk about that more. So look at verse 18 now. Paul says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So Paul says the message of the cross, it sounds stupid to people that are on their way to hell. It's foolishness. It just doesn't make sense. And sometimes, you know, you talk to someone that's in the world, someone that's not saved yet, and you're just sharing with them the gospel and explaining to them what, you know, that you believe in Jesus and what Christ did. And it, it, it does sound like, man, that just sounds dumb. That's foolishness to somebody whose eyes haven't been opened yet, someone whose heart's not received the Lord. It just sounds ridiculous. It just, it just doesn't make sense. It's foolishness, but notice that it's foolishness to those who are perishing. So if it's foolishness to you. You you need to be afraid. You need to you need to be concerned. It's foolishness to those that are perishing. But Paul says, but to us that are being saved. Right. To those of us that have been touched by God, those of us whose eyes have been opened, those of us who are being saved. It is the power of God. It's the most precious message in the world, the message of the gospel, the message that God loves sinners. And that God came down and he died in our place, that God took all my sins and all my shame and all my guilt and all my past. He took it all upon himself and he died and paid him full for all of it that I get to go free. That's a that's for me, for those of us that are being saved, this is that's a wonderful message. We love the God. I love the message. The gospel didn't it didn't end when I first got saved. The gospel still matters to, to those of us that are walking with God. That this is how I got into relation with God. This is how I stay in relationship with God it's because of what Jesus did. That's why we're going to celebrate communion today. and We remember the church is called to remember the broken body and the shed blood. It means everything to us. And so Paul says it's foolishness to those that are perishing. But to those of us that are being saved, it's the power of God. And it is a powerful message. It is the power of God that he loves sinners. Right. And this is what it should do. This is what I hope happens in our hearts. Everybody here that's real about who you were, even what you still are and what God has done and is doing in your life. There should be such great hope for those that we know that don't know yet. Those that we know that don't see yet. Um, There should just be great hope that, you know, God got me. Right. There was a there was a point in my life where this seemed if someone would have said that I would be doing this, it was laughable at one point in time in my life. But now it's not. Now it's just what God has done, and many of you guys—that's the same testimony. Yeah. Many of you guys, if, if at some other juncture in life, if someone had said you'd be getting up Sunday morning and being at church, I'm like, no, because I, I stays out late Saturday night. Some of y'all, you know, it, it's it, it, this would be laughable that some of you are serving, that some of you are being used by God in other ways, but but it's happening. Right. God did it and God's doing it and God's going to continue to do it. Amen? Amen. And so look at verse 19. It says, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Verse 20. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? And I want to say this and I, I want to say it with all the strength of the scriptures. Um, We have in our world, just like they had in their world, an educational system and process. Their world had an educational system and process that was respected by the world, looked up to by the world, leaned heavily upon by the world. We have in our day and age an educational process that. The world looks to, we, you know, we, 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 we looked at this. If you're going to succeed in life, you got to get that degree. You got to get after those things. You got to go to them classes and go to those schools and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, I, and I'm not diminishing education and school and all that. I'm saying I am diminishing our trust in it. I am diminishing. I, I'm saying the fact that people trust in that, that they look to that. That's the way to get. That's not the way to get anything. You get what you're going to get through God. Now, God leads you to go and you go and you do your best and you do well. But this is my thing. In this society here, the things that they were being taught, the things that they were learned, many of these things would conflict with the message of the scriptures, the message of Jesus, the message of God. It would be conflicting messages. And so if you put all your marbles, you put all your faith in the educational process that opposes the word of God. Well, then your faith won't be in God after a while. The more educated you are, the more ungodly you will be. So, too, in our world today, if you send a kid to school that don't know God first, that doesn't understand that that teacher, when they say that the world was made, it's because they don't believe in God. If they don't go in with that foundation, they go in as an empty slate. They're going to come out of there in a not only not knowing God, but believing things that absolutely oppose the truth. And so God says, look, where is the wise people? right? Where's the, where's the scribe? Those are the education, the educated people of his day. Where's the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? And something that for the guys that were in the men's study, we were, we're going, we we just watched the thing on how we know our Bible is the word of God. And one of the things that if you, if you study these things, right, our world, if you're educated or you are something, you, you look to science. Science is, that's where smart people look to, right? Well, check this out. One thing that's been consistent about science as far back as you can look is that it keeps being proven wrong over and over and over the science of 30 years ago is laughable to the science of today because now they know better than they did then but but 30 years ago when they were teaching it they taught it like it was absolutely the truth and it was the people with PhDs that were teaching it and so because they got a PhD it's believable so check this out there was a period in time in history where it was laughable that the stars of the sky were innumerable, but the Bible says that they were. The Bible says that you can't number the stars of the sky, that they're as many in number as the sands of the sea. But at an earlier point in history, they had actually made a telescope that could see so far, and they had not only numbered, but named the stars that they could see. And so they said, the Bible says they're innumerable, but we've not only numbered them and named them. Ha ha. And then we get better telescopes, and guess what? They're innumerable, just like the Bible said. So... When God says, I make foolish the wisdom of this world, right? The one thing they keep doing is being wrong, but they never stop telling you what to do, right? They never say, we've been wrong a million times. The science books of 10 years ago don't work today because they're wrong, because the science has changed, but the Bible hasn't been changed. And so anybody looking at it critically will look and say, well, there's so many people going after the word of God, but it have not been able to be proven wrong because it's right? And the Bible's not a science book, but when it's spoken on things of science, it's correct. Right. Before they knew that the world just hung on nothing. Job said it. One of the first written books of the Bible that it's a sphere, a circle that it just hangs on nothing. Right. There was all kind of different beliefs in in earlier times about how the earth stood, where it stood and everything else. But the Bible's right when it speaks. Always right. So anyway. We can go on and on and on about this, but I I just challenge you, right, that you have a right view of the educational process in our world. It is. Our kids got to go to school and you got to go. If you're going to get certain things, you got to go through that process. But we need them to go through that process knowing that those people don't know everything, that when those people conflict with the word of God, that they're wrong and God is right, that they wouldn't have faith in a professor more than they have faith in God. Amen. Amen. You guys follow? I'm I'm not saying that we don't use the system because we have to. But don't put your faith in it and you make sure as you're sending your kids out, you make sure that this is the word of God. This is right. I don't care what your teacher said. The wisdom of this world, the wisest people in this world. And this may sound harsh to you guys, but I know that our world is full of educated fools, educated fools. These are people that are very, very, very educated in the things of this world, but they're fools in that they don't know God. Hell is going to be full of educated fools. They educated themselves. They were so smart that they couldn't receive. The truth of the gospel. You know why? Because the truth of the gospel is too simple. It's too simple. We're gonna talk about that. So let's keep it moving. Verse 21. Sorry, verse 20, when he asks all those rhetorical questions. Where is the wise? They're not anywhere. Where are the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? He says, God is God has made foolish the wisdom of this world. 21. For since the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. So no one ever got educated into a place of believing God. Right. That's that's what he's saying there. He says in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. And then God said this. It pleased him, made him happy. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who would believe. And so we're going to find out the Jew and the Gentile are a little bit different. The, the Jews it's going to tell us that they, they wanted they always wanted signs. They wanted to see miracles. They want to see God do some spectacular thing, and the Greeks they wanted. We were in the wisdom; they wanted something wise. They wanted some proof, and so God said, "It pleased me through the foolishness of the message of the gospel." Right? Just a simple message: God loves sinners, died on the cross, rose from the grave, and forgive to forgive you of your sins if you put your faith in Him, you can be saved. Right? Well, if you want a miracle, if you're if you're in a place where the Jews, when they say, "I want a sign," well, the worst thing in the world for them was that. Jesus would die on the cross. Where's, we want miracles and signs that he couldn't even save himself. He couldn't even get off the cross. It's not that he couldn't, he wouldn't. But for the Jew that wants a sign, that, that didn't work for them. That wasn't very appealing that man, he died on the cross. They killed him. Um, where's the miracle? Where, you know, we wanted, they wanted to see him jump off the cross or do some miraculous thing, but he died on the cross. And then for the Greek that they want all this wisdom and stuff, that said, this, is, this message is too simple. Like they were into philosophy, and they have philosophers and orators and all these great things. And they're like, "This is a simple little a kid can understand this. This is not. This is not going to wow anybody. This is, we want something. We want something deep. And so you have people that, that that are that they want what they want from this world. And they're saying that I can't receive the gospel. It's too simple. You know, it's got to be more. And so you have all these other religions that give them what they want. You want something complicated? You got some other religions that say, we give you some complicated stuff." We'll make up some stuff. We'll make up a real doozy and and just twist it and turn it in, in all kind of ways. And so why are there so many religions? Why are there so many beliefs? Why are there so many? Because people won't receive the gospel in its simplicity. And so there's additions, there's things added to it. Most cults, most cults use the Bible, but add to it. So Jehovah's Witness, they they use, well, they, they redid the Bible to fit their use. And then they have their magazines they got to go along with. This is really the Watchtower organization is their God. It speaks you know, like it's from God. And so they added the Jehovah's them, the Mormons, they use the Bible and the book of Mormon. you got to have this other revelation, another testament from Joseph Smith. You got to have something else to to go along with it. The the other Christian cult to use a Bible. you got to go through their discipleship process so they can hurry up and jack up the Bible for you. The Church of Christ cult, not the denomination Church of Christ, but the the worldwide Church of Christ cult. you got to go through. They got to walk you through it and mess it up for you as you go. Most of them use the Bible, but they don't just give you the Bible. They give you the Bible and some other stuff, some other teaching, some other things. So we want to be careful, right, as we read through these things. And we're going to look at a group that God is saying, you know, Paul is saying these things to free them up. Right. Don't be hindered by this. Right. It's a simple message. And the goal of a simple message is that more people could perceive it. But if you come from a position where you want there to be miracles or you come from a position and you want there to be Uh, wanted to be, you know, deeper and wiser, well, then you'll miss out on what's right before you. And perfect example of this for you guys that have gone through the Gospels. How many times did Jesus do something miraculous? But they were like, "You, you did this on the Sabbath day. And we're into our rules and our books and our rules and our books say that you can't do a work on the Sabbath day. And you put spit in the sand. That's work. You made mud and put it in his eyes on the Sabbath. And you made him go wash on the Sabbath day. You broke the law. You can't appreciate a blind man's sin for the, the rules and the laws and the things. That's what happens with religion. That's what happens when, you, you know, you get your eyes off of who Jesus is. The simplicity of that guy, when they confronted him, you know what he said? He said, I don't know all this stuff. y'all talk. I know I was blind. And what? Now I see simple. He says, that's all I know. I know that I was blind. Now I see Jesus did it. Hallelujah. He didn't say that, but that's that's how he felt, you know, and it's that simple what God did. But people get hung up. Please don't get hung up. I pray if if we gather something from this, we can be happy to be simple. Right. That we can be happy that, you know what, It's, it's a simple message. It's a simple truth, but it's a powerful message. And it's a powerful truth. And I don't I don't need a complicated for me or for someone else. I want to leave it just where it's says. It's very simple. Well, you know, I mean, anybody, can just, anybody, anybody can just go. Yes, anybody can just go to heaven. Anybody. Anybody that believes. Anybody that believes that Jesus died on the cross and rose in the grave and they repent of their sins and turn to him, they can go. Rapists and murder- Yes, everybody. everybody. There's no sin on the list that can't go. You know, and again, we have people in our world that have a hard time with that. They feel like certain people shouldn't be able to go. But the, sim- the simplicity of the message, anybody. Let all who will come, all who will. And so that's what we need to be out there preaching to people. Moving on. He said now for 20, verse 22, for for Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. And that was the difference in the two groups. The Jews, they wanted signs. They wanted miracles. They wanted things. Interesting thing was that because sometimes in our culture, we think, If there could be more miracles, people would believe more. You know, we read the gospel and there are people that say it seemed like God was doing so many miracles back then, walking through villages, healing all the sick people, casting out all the demons, blind people seeing, lame people walking. If God would do something like that today, more people would believe. But do you know that God was doing that then and they weren't believing that they weren't believing? Do you know what the biggest miracle is? The biggest miracle is not a blind person seeing. It's not a lame person walking. It's not a person sick with a, you know, disease like leprosy or, or some, you know, some some disease that ends in death being healed of that disease. The biggest miracle is salvation, because if you get healed of your blindness, you still got to die. So if you, what if you get healed of your blindness and don't get saved? You're going to go to hell with two eyes. <laughs> Woohoo! you know, so what if what if you get, you know, you get healed of lameness and now you can walk and you walk until you go to hell like that's not the bigger miracle. The bigger miracle was the miracle of salvation. And so some people trip, but the Bible says that we're going to do even greater things than this. We are as we preach the gospel. That's a bigger deal than walking through a village and seeing somebody sick, healed to seeing somebody lost, saved. The longevity of the miracle is greater. The impact on the individual life is greater. The impact in the kingdom of God is greater. Someone was added from the kingdom of light, from the kingdom of darkness. That's a bigger deal. But you know what? People want. I want to see miracles. I think if God did more of that. Um, but, but again, all you got to do is read your New Testament. And when God was doing miracles and when people were, be, it didn't always equal more belief. Actually, sometimes the miracle would happen. It would cause the conflict. Peter and John healed a layman on their way into prayer. And, and it became the cause for the Jews to attack them for preaching Jesus and beat them. It didn't mean more people got saved. It just it just caused more. It, it, you know, so even in my mind, I, I think that way. Sometimes I think God, if you did this, they would really see and they would believe. And God's like, no, let them believe the message. Preach the gospel. Preach the message. The message is the power of God and the salvation. And so I have to I have to believe the Bible, too. Right. My flesh believes that if you can see it, it would be better. And God says, no, no. Romans one16 I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God Unto salvation, I have to believe that. I got to believe that the gospel is all they need. And let me share that and let God work. It is the power of God and the salvation. But do we believe that? Right. We need to believe it and we need to preach it like we believe it. So moving on. Verse 24. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Right. For those that are going to be saved, Christ is both the power of God and the wisdom of God. But he applies his power and he applies his wisdom in the way that he sees fit. Christ's power to see us forgiven. Christ's power to see us saved. Christ's power to raise from the grave. Christ's power is evident in his life and his ministry and, and what he makes available to us and his wisdom. Um, the, God's wisdom is made available to us as well. But it says, again, the Jews request a sign that Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. And it says to the Jews of Sumlin Block. And to the Greeks, fools, and I skipped that verse. So it says, but we preach Christ crucified, and to the Jews who want a sign, that's a stumbling block, right? Why would it be a stumbling block that we're preaching Christ crucified? Because we want to see miracles and signs and God do something powerful, and you're telling me he got crucified. That's not powerful to us. And so to the Jew, it's a stumbling block. They're having a hard time receiving that because I want to see God do something powerful. And we have to all be careful about wanting God to be. Something that we want instead of what he said he would be. The people that were alive when Jesus came on the scene, they didn't receive Christ because they wanted a king to come and wipe out the Romans. They wanted someone to kind of take care of. They were being oppressed by the Romans. We want a king to come and, and take care of those Romans that are oppressing us. And what did Jesus came? He came humble. He came lowly. What did he do in his grand entrance? He didn't come on a chariot. He didn't come on some great white horse with armory and everything. He came riding on the back of a baby donkey. That's They're looking saying that's that's him. <laughs> that's the king of the Jews. Like we don't receive that. That's not what we expected. We wanted something grand and powerful. And God said, no, I came lowly and humble riding on a donkey. Yeah. Baby don't even, even a full grown, you know, the colt of a donkey, you know, and just in the face of what they wanted. Right. He says how I'm coming. Take me or leave me. Right. Be careful about wanting God to be something that he didn't say he would be. Some people reject God because he didn't do things that they wanted him to do. I won't walk with God because this happened to me when I was, God loved me, I wouldn't have grew up like this. Where is that in the Bible? God never said if he loved you, you wouldn't grow up messed up. Matter of fact, you look in the Bible and see people that he did love that grew up messed up. Joseph, hated by his brothers, thrown in a hole, sold into slavery, lied on. That was, God loved him though. It says every step of the way, it says, and the Lord was with him, and the Lord was with him, and the Lord was with him. And so you read that, and it's like, okay, so some of us have maybe had some rough life. Now we do know this that all things are working together for what the good of those that love God and are called according to His purpose. We do know God will redeem the bad, but there's no promise. So some people, I'm not going to walk with God because that thing happened. Well, you know, you have an expectation that's not biblical, and that's keeping you from receiving Him. We got to receive Him as He is. Um, the way he came. They were hindered then, the Jews. It's a stumbling block to the Jew. It says that it was foolishness, right? They want wisdom. And this is just foolishness that he died. And so we just believe and get say, that's just too simple. We need something deeper than that. And so in both cases, you have people that because of how they come, they can't receive.
0: You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington, Today's message from the book of 1 Corinthians is available to listen to again on our website. Just visit calvaryenglewood.org and click on media, or you can download our mobile app to listen to more teachings. You'll find a link on our website. You can also search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest times and location information we're a group of people who love to learn from god's word and be together as the family of god again our website is calvaryenglewood.org as we looked into the book of first corinthians accountability and helping other believers strive for purity and commitment to god are topics that come to the surface although these things aren't always fun or easy they're an incredible blessing to have in your life and in your church So look to be involved and accountable wherever you're plugged in with other believers. If you notice that this ministry has been a blessing, even when it's convicted your heart in certain ways, we're glad that we can be a part of that. Would you be praying for a transforming word? As the messages go out, many listeners may be hearing about the Lord for the very first time. We ask that you pray for ears to be opened, hearts to be softened, and for lives to be changed. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Bill again for another edition of A Transforming Word.